in collaboration with the Alameda County Bar Association, this is Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk with members of the ACBA about their lives and legal careers. I'm Lewis Goodman, a host of the LTL podcast, and yes, I'm a member of the Alameda County Bar Association. He has substantial criminal litigation experience. He has tried numerous felony and misdemeanor cases to jury verdict. He has served as an Alameda County Deputy District Attorney. He has handled juvenile proceedings and preliminary hearings. He has represented police officers in disciplinary matters and officer-involved shootings. While majoring in history at Cal, he earned a football letter for three of his years. Don Nobles, welcome to the Alameda County Bar Association and the Love Thy Lawyer podcast. Thank you. Welcome to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. We've known each other for quite a while, and we were both prosecutors in the Alameda County DA's office at one point, and yep. we've both moved on from there. Where is your practice right now? Walnut Creek. And where are you physically right now as we're speaking? I'm at home. I have a little home office. I'm uh, working from home these days. How long have you been practicing law 22 years almost 22 years what type of practice do you have right now uh essentially it's uh criminal defense and i do some civil matters with unions where are you from originally born in san francisco but pretty much raised in berkeley california and that would be South Berkeley, near the Oakland, North Oakland border. So yeah, grew up there, went to junior high school at Willard, and then on to West Campus, which is closed these days, and then to the big campus, Berkeley High. What did you do in high school? What sort of things did you participate in, or were you interested in at that time? I played all the sports, baseball, basketball, football, and uh, so I was always busy uh, playing various sports. Ended up running track in my last year and uh, a blue chip person in football. And and for that, the school put me in their Hall of Fame. Wow, that's exciting. After you graduated from uh, Berkeley, you went on to college at Cal, is that correct? That is correct. And, and as a freshman, I made the varsity team, and the rest is, is pretty much history. Tell us a little bit about what it was like playing Division One ball at a big school like Cal? Surreal, to put it lightly. I mean, you're just you going into these arenas and you see thousands upon thousands of people and you just can't believe it. And, and you know, and the big game was always something special. I mean, you, you just knew it was. Uh, USC, playing USC was a big game. I had a player, I made a play of the game. We, we had beaten SC and that was in 85 for the first time in I don't know how many years. So I I got a little honor from Joe Joe Cap at that time. But, you know, those games are crazy. The crowds into it. Never had anything like that. Berkeley High, you know, small crowds, 100 people, maybe 200. We go from that to, you know, playing a big game is 60,000, 80,000 if you're down at Stanford with their old state. And, you know, played at Tennessee. There was 100,000 people out there. And, you know, just going around the country and even playing in Japan. Uh, it was an awesome experience. Uh, and then, you know, you just 
bond with your teammates and these are lifelong um, friendships that you have and we stay together and meet at least once a year we have a golf tournament and so we all get together and talk about the old days a little bit yeah and I think that the experience of playing as a varsity athlete as a division one school it it makes the whole experience of going to college somewhat different than that of most people who go to college very different and it's really structured they they try to what what the school will do or the team will do is they'll ask you what your courses are and then they'll they'll slot you into the early class so you're done by two o'clock and you got to rush up uh, to practice, to get taped, to get uh, treatment if you're injured, and just get prepared for meetings and then eventually uh, practice, which most days back then, it's a little different now, very physical days, you know, all out, you know, contact and, and tackling and hitting. And nowadays, I don't think they do. They may do that once, once a week or so. At some point, you decided that you were going to go to law school. Yeah, well, it was it was some point I graduated and I just wanted to take a break. And a couple of things happened. One of my best friends from high school ended up getting into some trouble and his mother hired a great lawyer, Lincoln Mintz. And I believe, you know, it's it was one of those things I was following his case and trying to, you know, figure out what was going on. And I think towards the end of um, uh, Lincoln's tenure as an attorney, things kind of went sideways for him and it didn't end up well for my, for my friend, but you know, he managed to get through it. So that was an experience. I kind of almost visited almost all the prisons throughout the state. He bounced around quite a bit. And uh, so wherever he went, I went to go visit him and it was just a learning experience. The other thing that, that happened is one of my good friends, when I was a freshman, uh, he graduated years before me, he went off to Harvard Law. And I think he was there at the same time, Barack Obama, but, you know, he came back and we're at, you know, neighborhood barbershop and he comes in, hey, Don, all this stuff. I got something for you in my car. I was like, oh, sure. You know, after I get my hair cut, I go out and it's all of his, his books, you know, from pre- preparing for the bar. So I said, what is this for? So you're going to law school. I was like, really? So he planted <laughs> the seed. <laughs> and so I said, well, okay, I guess I should. I said, because yeah, yeah, you'll be good. Man. You're a fair guy. You're, you're good. So I ended up going to USF. How much time did you take off between your graduation from Cal and your starting at USF? It was four years. What did you do during that interim? You know, I did fun things. So first of all, I, I was a stockbroker. I didn't like that because I think they hired me because they wanted me to uh, kind of churn and burn my, my friends who were playing in the professional pro football league. And I just didn't want to do that. So I put them in conservative, you know, investments and one time and just say, just stay away and let it grow. And they didn't like that too much. So I didn't like it either. I didn't like the pressure of trying to bring them in and just to make, you know, money off of, off of them. So moved on to a banking and then I was a loan officer and that was okay, but it wasn't too fun, but it was kind of just mundane and, you know, making loans or approving loans. And then from there, moved on, and I worked for uh, Miller Beer Company, and that was fun. So, uh, What did you do for them? Call. We were managers for, you know, the community. So I was working out in East Oakland, 
And then I just happened to say, you know, it came back to me what my friend said. I said, man, I think I'm, I'm, I'm applying for law school. I think I'm, I'm going to move on. I ended up with Alameda County clerking there. And while I was clerking with Alameda County, I had the pleasure to meet Kamala Harris. And, you know, she, I think she saw me and, you know, like most of us, we were just kind of figuring, trying to figure things out. And she said, you know, you look like a deer in headlights. She said, let's, let's sit down and talk. And I said, sure. So she sat me down for about an hour and just went over everything. It was, it was awesome. She didn't have to do that. And she shortly thereafter left for San Francisco, but never forgot that gesture that she bestowed upon me, which kind of opened my eyes. And I was able to also, when I did um, get to the office, serve with Daryl Stallworth, who was uh, a team captain um, on the football team with me and Cal. So there was some familiarity there. And then two of my teammates' wives also worked there at Dixon. And uh, Mr. Tega played with their husbands. And so it was kind of like being around a lot of familiar faces and friendly faces from that standpoint. But it was, it was Daryl Stallworth who said, you know, because I said, I, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm a good fit, you know, growing up where I grew up and I had been harassed by police and that sort of thing all the way from, you know, when I was 12 or 11 years old up through high school. And I just told Daryl, I was like, and, and Daryl said, that's exactly why we need you in here because, you know, you've been through it and you know what it feels like and you're going to use that to be fair, you know, to people who deserve fairness. And so I didn't think about it like that, but I said, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. I'm not sure if I'm a candidate. They chose. Let me, I want to go back for a moment and ask you if you think that taking some time off between graduating from college and going to law school helped you focus once you got to law school. It, it did because I was in such fear of not making it. On the one hand, you know, having stepped up from school, you know, I was in the mode of, you know, doing all the work, discipline, sitting down, doing it, and then moving on, preparing for taking the Series 7 or Series 6. And, you know, that was a study program and then moving on from there. There was just new areas that I was still learning, still using those tools, but I knew law school was another level, and so I, I was kind of intimidated by it, to be honest. And so I, I kind of had to really, really focus in. How long did you stay in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office? Almost uh, twelve years. Almost twelve years. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, almost twelve years. It was amazing. We had an amazing time, and we still close friends there. We still, you know, travel together and, and did trips together, and, and you know, we're still great friends. Yeah, I always have thought very highly of my experience in the Alameda County DA's office. I thought it was really one of the highlights of my life working there, to tell you the truth. At some point when you did leave, what sort of practice did you go into? Talk to Mr. Rain. So I started out with him and San Francisco. And so I, I pretty much just stayed busy between working those two programs. And, and then, you know, slowly developed um, my own practice. And one of the people that assisted me in that was um, Dion Choice. 
So Dion and I were partners when he I started I think a year before he did. And then we were teamed together for the misdemeanor case. You know, the guys used to harass us, call us the fifty fourth, you know, from the uh, the old Civil War days and the glory movie. And, you know, we would go in with twenty three trials each and <laughs> we're going in the slaughter. <laughs> So they gave us a hard time. So he and I bonded over that time period. And then he left well before I did. And then when I came out, he was there with open arms, gave me uh, cases and, you know, just kind of kept me busy on the criminal side. And then before you know it, I'm getting uh, referrals and getting uh, business that way as well. So it it just kind of blended together after a while. What do you really like about practicing law? Well, I like the independence of it, and you know, so you're you're your own boss. You make the mistake; it's your fault, and you know, you do serve your clients, and you know, you want to do as good a job as you can for them. You can't please them all all the time, but I try to be honest and uh, realistic with them, and I, I work hard, and I like um, the feeling that you get from from it when when things go well or as well could be because in a lot of cases, you know, dealing with a murder case or attempted murders and murder for hires, you know, those can be some very devastating life, life changing situations for clients. And, and I try to prevent that. And so far, you know, knock on wood, I've been successful in, in some of those cases where they didn't. Well, one of them, one of them did. Unfortunately, I, this person was a, already had a major strike and four counts of attempted murder and facing, you know, 100 years or so. And I, I got a nine-year offer. He declined it. And then we went to prelim, and, and you know, I, that was the end of my contract, uh, promises, and we ended up going to trial and losing. We ended up with 60-something years. So I, I, I was it hurt to hear that because put a lot of time in on that case and was hopeful that given you know, the facts that you would, you would come around. Of, you know, so you see, you see that that happens sometimes. Yeah. Going to trial uh, is, is, is often not a great thing from a defense point of view. You know, I think when, <laughs> when I, I think when I was a DA and maybe this is your experience as well, you know, when I was a DA, I thought I was a pretty good trial lawyer. And then as I got out on the defense side, I started to realize yeah. that, you know, yeah. not having the judge, the law, and the facts on your side sometimes can make a difference in the way the trial comes out. <laughs> yeah, that's a reality. Check. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, you're right. The, the DA had a lot of success. I think they won nine felony trials in a row. And you know, and I, I picked the jury the way I, I, I wanted to pick them. And a lot of times in that, picking people with dreadlocks or people who came from the community like me and I, I didn't have a problem with that. I, want, I wanted them to be a part of this experience as well. And, and, and for the most part, I grew up in a lot of these poor areas. And, and, you know, we had crime all around us. The people in the community were tired of, you know, the crimes. And so, you know, I knew full well that, you know, if, if they had an opportunity to participate, they would do the right thing. And, and oftentimes they did. So I didn't have traditional or normal-looking juries from the standpoint for some in, in my office, but they I had confidence in them because I, I was familiar. Going on to the defense side, very different. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
Don, would you would would you recommend the law to a young person thinking about a career? Well, my daughter just so happened she just graduated from Santa Clara, and she took wow. the congratulations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I told her I was like, hey, you better you better really want it because. This is something that, you know, you don't want to come in just because it sounds great. It sounds prestigious. And, you know, you know, your kids are very competitive and she has friends who are doing that same thing. Yeah. No, I think it's something that you have to sort of have the calling for on some level. Yes. How is actually practicing met or different from your expectations? It can be stressful, just the same, you know, because at the DA's office, you're under a little pressure. you got eyes on you and people are watching and evaluating and, and that sort of thing. I mean, under Orloff, you know, his thing was, is, hey, it's hard enough to get a spot to get in here. Once you get in here, we trust that you're going to do the right things. And he kind of let it run, it, you know, run your own situation for the most part, unless you're doing, you know, a murder case or something like that, then, you know, you definitely want to get everything checked. And so that was, that was a great experience. And, and, and then, you know, it kind of switched or it, it, it was a little different under Nancy O'Malley. And so you, you can see kind of both sides of it when you're practicing on your own, you know, it's, it is just you. And so it can be stressful because, you know, you have someone else's interest, their lives are kind of in your in your hands, so to speak, and, and you want, you know, what's best for them to so they can have some kind of, you know, value left for their life. And so dealing with uh, a lot of the uh, clients that I get are younger African-American men, and I, I try to uh, reach out and mentor them, which is one of the things you know, I did for the Cal football team. Daryl and I, we would uh, go and talk to the guys about, you know, staying out of trouble and keeping your nose clean and staying away from the parties and group, you know, because things just happen and not always good. And so we, we did that for, you know, the Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynches and all those guys who came through the system, Daryl and I. I think we did that for 12 years or so, you know, 10 years at least. Wow, that's that's no, that's great work. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's just great work. You know, not just football players, but you know, people who are in college in general and young people in general. I think it's a time in one's life when all of a sudden you're exposed to a lot of alcohol, and as we all know, that tends not to yeah. mix well with the criminal justice system. No, no, it doesn't. You know, so Daryl and I, you know, we kind of had the same approach on it. He's from Compton and, you know, Compton had its reputation and, you know, he was able to maneuver through and, you know, go to law school and, you know, me coming from where I came from, the same thing. And, and it, it just doesn't happen that often, particularly with athletes, you know, we're, we're doing two things. And so, so we understood uh, where some of these guys were coming from on the team who were dealing with those same issues that we dealt with. You know, just just for me, and I think Daryl was the same way. I just didn't have any time to go out and and party. So, you know, when I came in, one of the senior players who was coming out sat me down and says, "Hey, you know, all the parties, and, uh, 
booze and all that stuff is going to be there. He said, get your degree first. And the irony of that is I got my degree before he even got his. He was about four years ahead of me, five years. But he got it, you know, so he did go back and you know, he's coaching in the pro football ranks. When you're talking, it brings back because I interviewed Daryl for this podcast some months ago, and, and he also told me a little bit about what what you and he did for the for the team and for the students. Yeah, it was meaningful. And, and I, I would just say this, you know, a lot of times I would start by telling the team I was in there. Seat, and I recall having, you know, a similar meeting like this. And I remember some ex-players coming in in their suits and looking clean. And I said, oh, you know, this is why I came, you know, to Cal. I had a lot of choices out of high school could have gone to the SEC, could have gone to the 10 or, you know, the great schools. But, you know, I was looking for the academic experience. I just happened to grow up in Berkeley. So my family was like, you can't go to Stanford. <laughs> 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 that was out. So, that would have so, done okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that leaves Cal. So I was okay with that. And uh, so I wanted that experience. And so when I was uh, in those rooms, as a player, and I saw the guys coming in the seats, and I said, you know, that's something that I can do. What's the best advice you've ever received? You're always somewhere in the middle. So there's people who are better off, there's people who are worse off. You're in the middle, so you're going to keep pushing towards the better end. It's simple stuff. You know. Do you think the legal system is fair? Not all the time. I don't think it's fair, and it needs, it needs some work. It needs the right people in place, but what goes along with that, unfortunately, is sometimes the kind of justice that's that's given out is not always fair and equal. How do you define success? That's a good question. You know, for the most part, it's, it's making sure that you know you're taking care of your family, and the important things. You know, you try to you know stay in good health if you can. Yeah. Let's say you had a magic wand. There was one thing you could change what what would that be change magic wand no uh change about me or about change about you change about the world change about the legal system just change something that if you could wave a magic wand and Uh change it what what would you want to do with that interesting i you know what I, i would just like you know equality and fairness to be honest with you you know Put everybody on the equal playing field and, you know, let them kind of make their way with all things being equal. Is there anything that you want to talk about that's that we haven't discussed? Not really. I mean, I think uh, you've done a, a superb job of kind of covering a lot of different areas. There's other things to go into, but maybe that's for another time. But, yeah, no, I, I, I fully Really uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity to to be on your program, Don. How do do we get in touch with you? If someone's listening to this podcast and they go, you know, I really want to talk to Don Nobles about my case. How can they get a hold of you? Is there a website that they can look up? Yeah, they can always go to the state bar. My uh, email and my my phone number is on there. But they can they can always uh, also email me at Donald Nobles Law at Gmail. Dot com. We'll get all that in the yeah. show notes. 
Uh, Don Nobles, thank you so much for joining me today with the Alameda County Bar Association and the Love Thy Lawyer podcast. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you. My pleasure as well. Thank you, Lord. That's it for today's edition of Love Thy Lawyer in collaboration with the Alameda County Bar Association. Please visit the lovethylawyer.com website where you can find links to all of our episodes. Also, please visit the Alameda County Bar Association website at acbanet.org where you can find more information about our support of the legal profession, promoting excellence in the legal profession, and facilitating equal access to justice. Special thanks to ACBA staff and members, Kaylin Dalen, Saeed Randall, Hadassah Hayashi, Vincent Tong, and Jason Leong. Thanks to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. And I remember when I was coming home from the library from Cal and, you know, police were surrounding my house, had the yellow tape out and, you know, outlined a body. I thought, you know, maybe my mother was hurt or my grandmother. And I ran up to the tape. They stopped me. I'm like, hey, this is my house. And, you know, and my mother and grandmother were okay, but they, they saw what happened.